Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Encouraging you to live as an ambassador of God's kingdom in the world. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Today is the last day of April, which means tomorrow is the first day of, there you go, May. Tomorrow is May Day. So I thought I would share with you a riddle that I heard in the parking lot at the post office yesterday. I arrived and there was a gentleman um, who um, I frequently see out and about in our community. Um, I believe him to be a person who is homeless. We've never had uh, a very long conversation, lots of, you know, joyful greetings. He is a person filled with joy. And he was singing the Jeopardy music in the parking lot. And once he realized that, you know, by that he had my attention, he got this really broad smile on his face. And he said, if April showers bring May flowers, what do May flowers bring? And he started the music again. And so I smiled and I repeated the riddle out loud. If April showers bring May flowers, what do May flowers bring? And I said it again out loud, and he just, just kept smiling, and, he, and then he started accelerating the music, you know, like my time was quickly coming to an end, and I furrowed my brow, and I shook my, set, and my head, and I said, I don't know. If April showers bring May flowers, what do May flowers bring? And he beamed with delight, and he threw his hands in the air, and he exclaimed, Pilgrims! May flowers bring pilgrims! To which I responded, well, of course they do, you know, and have a great day. And he replied, oh, I'm not only having a great day, I'm making it a great day for everyone else. And I thought to myself, there's a lesson in that, a lesson of joy and delight and confidence and uh, living the life uh, that you have to the fullest. And so I just want to encourage you with that today. Um, It also brought to mind Pilgrim's Progress and Little Pilgrim's Progress, a book we love to read when our kids are small, the movie Pilgrim's Progress. Um, If you haven't seen it yet, I know you can watch it right now for free at Revelation Media. Um, Revelation Media also has a new project out right now called iBible that's a totally interactive visual Bible that's really cool. So there are some great things to um, to be consuming out there in terms of the media of the day. And my next guest is bringing us another uh, media delight. Bart Millard will be here from Mercy Me. Inhale, exhale drops today. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. What fun to have back with us today, Bart Millard from Mercy Me. Bart, welcome back. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, right? Good to be back anywhere. Actually, let's start there. This has been a crazy year of quarantine, but you guys have not sort of let the grass grow under your feet. Tell people what you've been working on in this uh, in this year of kind of forced solitude. Gosh, we spent the last two years working on a new album, um, 
put it in perspective, our first single was Almost Home, which will be a year and a half old once the album comes out, which is odd. Wow. And yeah, it was the album should have come out a couple months after that, but the pandemic ended up hitting and we weren't touring and we, you know, labels kind of like, we don't know when anything's going to release. And so we slowed everything down and just to have something to work on during that time and, and ended up kind of rewriting a whole different record, writing about 40 songs. The album title changed from, I think it was called Spaceman originally to now it's called Inhale, Exhale. And, and it just, yeah, everything just felt different going through that season. And I think the album titles, I think we, we kept saying over and over, we just, we want people to be able to take a breath when they hear this record and kind of set aside the things that are weighing them down and remember, remember what's important enough. I guess we said it enough to where inhale, exhale seemed like the obvious choice. Yeah. And the album cover is really cool. I mean, I just even think that just the visual of looking at a pair of lungs and reminding us there's just all kinds of uh, conversations going on in the culture about um, being able to breathe or breathing deeply or exhaling or holding your breath. I mean, just all kinds of conversation starters in the midst of this. Talk with us about Almost Home. That is certainly a single that people are familiar with, and it is on this album. Yeah, Almost Home, I think it kind of came out of the I Can Only Imagine movie and, you know, so much kind of stuff going on with that song. Kind of even the songs, you know, was 20 years old, just talking about heaven and being that headspace of watching the movie about my dad and my childhood over and over. I think that's kind of what took me back to the not so much about heaven as it is just like it's an, it's a, a rally cry just to not give up to you know we're we're so close to what we're created where we are created to be and and so yeah it was it it was that kind of weird like it does talk about where we're heading but it's also talking about living right now mm-hmm. and so some people are like wow you know, what is it like to, I mean, I noticed you're kind of going back to that heaven thing. I was like, man, I guess it does seem like that, but that's, that wasn't the point. The point was to actually really address the journey we're on now, you know, more than anything, but yeah, it's, and it, and we knew like from that set, we knew it'd be the first single. We kind of had its place on the album because we still believe in full albums when everything else is about singles and so much time had passed. We almost decided not to put it on the record because it was like a year and a half old, but then it was like, why wouldn't we? It's a part of this season. It's a part of this whole thing. It's kind of where it started. And so I'm glad we didn't cut it. (laughs) I'm glad you didn't cut it as well. The other um, song that people will already be familiar with is Say I Won't. Talk about um, talk about that. And then talk about, you know, just sort of the genius of pre-releasing something. Uh, Say I Won't was a song that uh, I started writing in 2019. And then it's not uncommon to kind of set a song to the side and revisit it later. And and so it all started about talking about identity in Christ. And when we realize who we are and what we have, that the same spirit that raised Christ the dead dwells inside of you, that's when you realize what you're capable of. And so that's where it started. And then Christmas of 2019, one of our dearest friends, Gary Miracle, he's, he was our first merch guy 25 years ago and, and uh, just, just a dear friend. He got really, really sick over the holidays and uh, thought we we're going to lose him and uh when they realized they put on life support, when they realized that they were going to be able to save him, they were pretty certain he was going to lose his arms and his legs. Mm. And so when he came to, and sure enough, uh, he lost all of his limbs, his outlook on life was unbelievable. His attitude was just like, it's so hard to describe like how, how positive he was. And so 
uh, unintentionally he he became the the reason I finished that song I guess like I started writing and everything was about being an overcomer in this kind of rocky moment and I realized oh this is because of Gary like the thing that consumes you kind of comes out in your writing and I was obsessed with his story because we could had to watch from a distance because of the pandemic and so by the time we were finished with the song we couldn't tour we couldn't really promote much and so we knew we wanted a video that was powerful to kind of impact people and so our label had this idea of like hey we we know we've heard the story about a certain family that's going through some difficult times or something like that but we didn't know them and it felt kind of slimy that we were gonna tell the story to exploit the song or tell you know what I mean it just didn't feel right mm-hmm. and, and I, I think in that conversation I was like man that's just weird because this song is so much about Gary oh wait what if we tell Gary's story and so I reached out to him and he had talked about how he didn't, didn't know if he was ready emotionally or whatever or spiritually to to get out there, but he did want people to hear a story and think they could overcome stuff. And so we were like, man, would you ever let us tell the story for you? We'll do the heavy lifting and you can trust that we'll protect you and, and give you time to, you know, to heal. And he tears in his eyes. He was like, Oh yes, that's exactly what we wanted to do. And so the video turned out better than we ever thought it would. And we kind of created a monster. Now Gary, like every day is like, Hey, it's slowing down the charts. What's the hold up? What's wrong with you guys? I'm like, easy there record exec. We'll get there. Don't worry about it. <laughs> so um, I didn't know that um, about Gary. Mm-hmm. And so thank you for sharing that. I, I thought when you, when you described losing all of your limbs, you know, I thought, gosh, I'm going to Google that and see what happened. And that septic shock um, related yeah. to the flu is also something that some people experience with COVID and um, familiar with the story of a little boy in, I think he's 10 years old and he lives in Michigan and, and lost all four of his limbs from septic shock related to COVID. And I do think that there are storylines out there that are better told and better addressed because music is, is emotive. It can bear the weight of ecstasy and it can bear the weight of grief in ways that just talking about something can't. Yeah, no question. I mean, I think it's, there's, it's no coincidence that you can hear a song and it take you back to a moment immediately. And uh, not only just with Say I Won't, but, you know, talking about the the Inhale, Exhale, the album title, the artwork, all of this was intentional as far as we want it to be kind of a timestamp of this really weird season we're a part of. And, you know, I've been in a band so long, but I, I think I count my, I, my dates are connected to when albums were released. And, mm-hmm. and so this one was like, you know, we wanted this to, you know, Hopefully it's something we'll never go through again, but this is something they'll be talking about a hundred years from now, like the Spanish flu and everything else. And so mm-hmm. we wanted this, that's kind of why we stopped to rewrite this record because we wanted it to reflect what we were dealing with, how, what we were going through and probably more than any record ever made. I'll look back at this and know exactly where I was and, and why we wrote it. Hey, I'm talking with Bart Millard from Mercy Me. We're going to take a very brief break. We're going to continue our conversation about the brand new album, Inhale, Exhale which releases today. We'll be right back. All right, continuing my conversation with Bart Millard from Mercy Me. You can hear the brand new album, Inhale, Exhale, Today, uh, you are probably already very familiar with Almost Home and Say I Won't, which are included in the album. Bart, tell us about something that might surprise people that's on the album today. Some, I mean, you know, it's, I know it's impossible. It's like picking your favorite child to say, oh, which other song do you want to talk about? But 
Which other song do you want to talk about? Well, I don't know if it's my favorite child, but I do have a <laughs> child on this album. Uh, uh, I've got five kids, and the song that's probably I'm most proud of. We have three features on the album, and I'm su- like one's brand new is a disco song, and we actually got Gloria Gaynor to sing on it, which is unbelievable. Uh, we wrote a, a song and uh, had Gary Lavox from Rascal Flatts sing on it, like it was tailor made for him, and then. The one I'm most proud of is with my 19-year-old son, Sam Wesley, and um, uh, who's an unbelievable artist and just trying to find his way and figure out his lane and all this. And I'd encourage him to you know, co-write with people, practice your songwriting. And so he approached me while making the album. And he'd written this really cool chorus and him and his buddies that were writing it, there's these, these companies that'll kind of like reach out and say, hey, if anybody has a song for like an American Idol commercial, we'll pay you like a couple hundred dollars. And it's like it's a flat rate. It's kind of a scam, honestly. And But they were all excited about any opportunity. So they wrote this course. I was like, man, this is really, really good. You're not giving this away for $200. And and uh, and so I was like, man, just be patient. Maybe there's a place for this song. Like, just hold on. You never know. And so I was playing it for the band and the label, just bragging on my son. And they were like, dude, this needs to be on the Mercy Me record. And I was like, really? And so then it was that weird conversation of going, okay, daddy mm-hmm. really liked your song. Now daddy wants your song. It was like, it was kind of awkward. <laughs> and, uh, and at first he was like, what? And I was like, okay. And I had to, I was explaining the business of man, this, you could be a legitimate songwriter. This is a great opportunity. Maybe start paying your bills where I'm not. That's a win-win for both of us. And, uh, and, and so uh, he, they finally he came around. He's like, okay, but I think he was hesitant because, you know, originally he wasn't going to sing on it. It was just going to be the writer and I was going to sing it. But when I was trying to do a demo vocal just to let the label hear how it was going to turn out, I got sick and I just my voice was shot. So I had Sam finish the back half. And when I showed them what the song could be, it was the label and the rest of the guys, the band that said, you need to leave Sam on this. Like, not only is that a killer story, but what, what dad gets that opportunity and it's right. really, really good. And I'm trying to hold tears back going, are you sure? Cause I don't want to be like the head coach who automatically makes his kid the quarterback. And, <laughs> and they were like, no, you have to. And so it, it, it helped me on so many levels, you know, Sam got a chance to sing and be featured and it's his song. And uh, yeah, I couldn't be prouder. And it's a really, really, really good song. Like he did a great job and, and a, just excited about the attention it's getting. Yeah, you know, we're going to all want to hear from Sam, right? Like, because there is this generational legacy thing that we all feel like we know a little bit about in your family because we've seen the movie, right? We know right. we know yeah. part of the story behind I Can Only Imagine. And so this is like the next generational leg of that story. And yeah. that's pretty cool for all of us out here. It's we've tried to pace Sam and like kind of we're kind of protective because like when he when I I didn't know he could sing until he's about 15. My wife, found <laughs> it, my wife found on Instagram and I was laying in bed and she started playing this. And it's, I was like, that's amazing. Who is that? She's like, it's your son. And I just started crying immediately like what? And and so we would give him a chance to sing like in our set on tour sometimes just, you know, and eventually I had a couple labels call and say, hey, we're really interested. And since Sam wasn't 18, I just kept saying no. And Sam finally was like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, why are we saying no? And I said, buddy, I said, the second that you sign or are put in that position, people are going to expect you to know exactly who you are and what to say. Yeah. And if you don't know any of that, you're going to hate Jesus in about five years, like a child mm-hmm. actor. And, uh, and I said, man, just enjoy it and stay, just love music right now. Cause it will become a job and you have to try harder to stay in love with it. But right now is like the best time just to play whatever you want, learn song. It's just, man, just, 
I wouldn't rush this season of his life ever. And he totally received that. And it's like, there are a lot of times he probably thinks I'm crazy, but when it, as far as music and stuff, he is, we, we've been on the same page and he's really listened to me. It's been a, a really, really amazing dynamic in our relationship. Yeah, you'll have to remind him of like the history of like the Beatles. You know, they I think they played for like a solid two and a half years, 250 nights in a row or something in some crazy venue before anybody ever heard them, you know, sort of outside of that. And I I do think that, you know, when there is a crucible out of which you have to emerge I mean, you know this by your own experience, right? Um, it, it it gives you some staying power that other people don't necessarily have. I mean, you have some great staying power in all of this. Uh, you guys have been around a long time. T- talk with us about that, Bart, you know, getting up and declaring the name of Jesus and still being in love with him and loving what you do after, you know, frankly, a lot of years of doing it. Yeah, we've been a band for 27 years. And I tell my son all the time, man, we we were from 94 to 2000 on our own and made six albums before we ever even got a label to look at us. And it took that long just to finally write, I can only imagine. And there's a lot of bad songs written during that time. And, and uh, I think, you know, like you're saying, it's like, man, just to have the staying power, the, the, the willingness to go through those first six albums, like it was tough. And we did 200 and something dates a year for many years just Mm -hmm. to make it meet. And, it made no sense. And I've talked, you know, so many people that hear that are like, I, there's no way I could have done it. And I was like, man, I hear you. And, and some of the best advice I think I was ever given when I knew that I was called into ministry, but didn't know if it was music or for a youth minister or what my best friend's dad was a pastor. I'll never forget. He'd done it for years. And he said, man, he said, if you can walk away, walk away, mm-hmm. don't do it. Just don't do this. And I was like, that's the worst advice ever. And he said, no, because if you can walk away, then you don't have what it takes to do this. It's the ones that can't put it down, that can't leave if they even if they even tried, because there's something in them that keeps driving them to share the good news and to do the worst shows and the shows where no one comes. And I, I, I get it now. You have to have a, a supernatural drive to put up with it, so many years of stuff and and now it's easier now. There's di- well, I say there's different challenges now, but it's not like it was back then when you're paying your dues. But I think good songwriters write about the things that consume their hearts. And people always ask us, man, especially when we do like we'll do like like CNN or Fox or something, and they'll be like, "Why did you sign up for Christian music?" And I was like, "Man, I did not sign up for this. Like, I could choose other things to do, but it's in me. Like, it's." when songwriters write about consumes their heart, those are the best ones that are transparent. And my heart's consumed with Jesus. If I tried to write a country song, it's coming out in that. I can't just turn it off. <laughs> It'd be and, Jesus uh, in boots. It'd be Jesus yeah, in cowboy exactly. boots. Yeah, exactly. And so that's like, and so yeah, this is, this wasn't a business strategy. This is just who I am and the music I love. And I'm still in massive shock that not there's success. And that, that 27 years later, there's people that still care about the music we make. And None of it makes sense other than I think there's something to being true to what you're called to do. And I'm still consumed with the gospel. I mean, we definitely have our bad days and rough days. And it's the last thing we want to do is all of this. But that's like a marriage being hard. It's like, I'm, Hmm. you know, I'm not walking out. It's just a, it's just a hard day. And that's what people go, man, I can't believe you guys in the band like each other still. How is that? I'm like, why wouldn't we? I mean, we, we argue like brothers or whatever, but it's, it, and that's what it feels like. It's like, I can't just automatically say you're not my brother anymore. And that's, that's mm-hmm. how we kind of treat it. 
and we still genuinely love being around each other and we love what we do. And I don't know if it's sad or encouraging, but if it all fell apart, we would still be making music. I don't think we know when to quit. And, uh, and it's just because we love, we love it. We love being around each other. And we love making music and talking about Jesus. Oh, I just so appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for the new album, Inhale, Exhale. Thank you for good new music. Thank you for um, steadfast faithfulness over many, many years. Thank you for a willingness to continue to stand in front of lots of people and declare the goodness and the grace of God in Jesus Christ. Um, We all need it, and, uh, and we genuinely appreciate it. Well, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. That's Bart Millard. He is with Mercy Me. The new album is Inhale, Exhale. We'll be right back. All right. When we talk about character and we talk about leadership, I can't think of anyone better to talk with than Richard Stearns. He's going to join me next. The new book is Lead Like It Matters to God. And yes, for those of you looking for that link to the Mercy Me concert tonight, Go to momenthouse.com, momenthouse, like this moment, momenthouse.com backslash mercy me. Uh, It is an online concert. It is tonight at 7 p.m. Central and tickets are required. Momenthouse.com backslash mercy me. Rich Stearns up next. We'll be right back. This is Max Lacan. Perhaps you can relate to the deflated little fellow I saw in an airport terminal. Everything about the dad's expression said, hurry up, we have to run if we're going to make the connection. Can the little fella keep up? Well, mom could, the big brothers could, but the little guy, he tried to match his parents' pace, but he just couldn't. Can you relate? Sometimes the challenge is just too much. It's not that you don't try, you just run out of fight. The story of Joshua in the Bible dares us to believe that our best days are ahead of us. A life in which the Bible says we are anxious for nothing, in which we're praying always. A life in which Paul says we're giving thanks to God the Father through him. We may stumble, but we don't collapse. God has a promised land for us to take. This is Max Lucado. What fun to have with us today, Richard Stearns. You know him from his his long history of ministry and leadership. He comes to us today as the author of Lead Like It Matters to God, Values-Driven Leadership in a Success-Driven World. Rich, welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Well, it's great to be on with you, Carmen. All right, it's great to have you. Now, part of what you're talking about in the book is that Success is not what matters to God nearly as much as character. Let's just start there. Are you sure about that? Well, I am. You know, I I say in the book that I try to imagine the day when, you know, we'll all stand before the Lord and give an accounting for our lives, or he may give an accounting of our life for us. And uh, try as I may, I can't imagine that God is going to be ecstatic about my business achievements, right? My quarterly earnings growth when I was the CEO of Lenox China. You know, I became a CEO when I was 33 at Parker Brothers Games. And and I just, I really just don't think those are the things that matter to God. Uh, 
in a leader. Uh, God is more concerned about our character and our witness than he is about our accomplishments. And that's kind of the thesis of my book. So as people are reminded that not only, you know, were you very, very successful uh, in terms of the corporate world, um, but also, you know, a very successful leader in Christian ministry. And so, you know, there's there's going to be at least some people, Rich, who are going to say to themselves, well, that's all well and good for Rich Stearns to say, because, you know, we're actually talking with him and we're going to buy his book because he is a successful leader by the world standards. So could you help me kind of hold that reality and tension? Yeah. So here's kind of the irony of, of that. And, you know, think of a, a GPS or Google Maps when you're entering a destination. And if you enter the destination as a Christian leader of success, you will get driving directions, you know, that lead you toward that goal. And those driving directions, if I say my number one goal is to be successful, promotions, more money, more recognition, if that's your goal, it's going to pull you away from being faithful to the Lord. You're going to start making compromises in your leadership right? because your your goal is success. But if you if you put in your spiritual GPS, my goal in life is to be faithful to God, to be a person of character, to be someone who is an ambassador for Christ, you know, showing the values of Christ in the places where I work through my character, that driving direction is going to keep you on the straight and narrow path and get you to the destination of favor with God for your conduct and your behavior. And ironically, a values-driven leader, who I write about in the book, you know, a leader whose character is the most important thing in their life, is likely to be successful as well, because those very characteristics, integrity, humility, excellence, courage, perseverance, those characteristics are usually the characteristics of leaders that are successful by worldly standards as well. So it's kind of keep your eye on the Lord and let him decide what level of success uh, and accomplishment you achieve. But don't make that your goal. Don't make it your idol. Yeah, there's definitely a seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you as well. There is a that, that feels like it's at the at the center and heart of what you're talking about. Yeah, in fact, that verse is on the flyleaf of my book, you know, that, that very verse. And if we do seek first his kingdom, we can trust him for the outcomes. And, you know, I, I often feel that, you know, when we die and go to heaven, the, the, the greatest spiritual leaders we will learn we're not necessarily people that had monetary or earthly success in our definition. There'll be people who were incredibly godly leaders, maybe pastors of tiny churches with 50 or 60 members, you know, will be at the head of the line in heaven. And some of these megachurch pastors may be way back in the in the line. You know, we just don't know who the real spiritual heroes are in our world. Uh, God knows, though. That's absolutely right. Um, All right. I am talking with Rich Stearns. The book is Lead Like It Matters to God, Values-Driven Leadership in a Success-Driven World. Uh, So, Rich, I was preparing for this conversation with you, uh, and I was uh, walking down my street and ran into Heather. Heather, prior to COVID, was an executive in Marriott Global. Now she is a part-time assistant at our local elementary school. Because, you know, Marriott's got about 11% occupancy in its hotels globally, and uh, that's not enough to keep everybody in the workforce on board, even if they're going to be fully remote and working from home. Talk with us about the truth of this book and what it teaches us and what it reminds us of, no matter 
where we find ourselves occupationally? Yeah, so that's a good question because a lot of people have lost jobs or haven't had to take a step down in the past year. And, you know, one of the things that people are always surprised to hear from me is that I was actually fired twice in my career. I mean, I was a CEO of Parker Brothers for a couple of years, and then I was fired. Then I got another job, and I was fired a year later in that job. And so those are devastating moments in a career because we derive so much of our identity. And, of course, our work is so important financially to our families. And But um, one of the things I learned during those wilderness periods is an old uh, catechism question I remember from being a kid. Why did God make me? And the answer was to know him, love him, and serve him in this world to know God, to love God, and to serve him in this world. And I realized it was like a flash of illumination in my mind that I can do that even when I'm unemployed. I can know God, love God, and serve him in this world even if I don't have a job. I can do it if I'm a cab driver. I can do it if I'm a CEO. I can do it if I'm a stay-at-home mom. You know, anybody can love, know, love, and serve God in this world. And so if you focus on that, it gives you an ability to kind of accept your current circumstances and and then just trust God that he's going to get you through this. He's going to get you through this. I, I say to my my kids who are, you know, kind of 20-somethings to 40, a career is a very long time. And you're going to have some setbacks in your career. And you're going to have some twists and turns. But if you keep your eyes on the Lord, he'll see you through it. You know, there will be tough times. Uh, there'll be great times. There'll be tough times. But you can know him, love him, and serve him, whatever your circumstances are today. Lead Like It Matters to God, uh, Rich Stern's new book. And yes, I have got some complimentary copies to give away today. So you can go ahead and text the word book to 877-933-2484 to enter the drawing. Rich and I will be right back. Returning to my conversation with Rich Stearns, the book is Lead Like It Matters to God, Values-Driven Leadership in a Success-Driven World. We are giving away copies today, so to enter the drawing, just text the word book to 877-933-2484. Rich, you cover 17, or you highlight 17 different character traits that are important for leadership in the book. Wondering if you want to highlight uh, a couple of those. Well, you know, the the first chapter of my book uh, on values, the first value is surrender. In fact, the first two are surrender and sacrifice. And when I was writing the book, my wife said, are you sure you want to write a leadership (laughs) book where the first two chapters are surrender and sacrifice? He said, I'm not sure people are reading leadership books, you know, in order to surrender and sacrifice. And uh, maybe you should start with success and wealth or something as your first two chapters. But I, I really believe, Carmen, that, you know, for a Christian leader, first of all, becoming a Christian is about surrender. You know, we surrender our lives to, to God. And God sometimes calls us to make sacrifices. You know, he wants us to lay our careers, our hopes and dreams and our aspirations at his feet in surrender. And uh, to do with us and to do with our aspirations as he pleases. And I talk about, you know, as a Christian, we have to surrender our ambitions to Christ's ambitions for us. In other words, not my will, Lord, but thy will in my life. And that's the starting point for Christian leadership. So I think those are critical. And once you've surrendered, you've got nothing left to lose, right? You can you can Amen. go to work with a certain sense of peace and calm that, hey, I've given this all to the Lord. And 
you know, if he wants me to be successful, I'll be successful. If if he wants me to stay in a middle level job for the rest of my career, then then that's his will for my life. And my job is to be faithful in surrender to the Lord, uh, trusting him for the outcome. So I think those two are very important. And the third I'd mention is integrity. Mm. A leader's integrity is, is, it's kind of the North Star of leadership. Nobody wants to work for a leader who doesn't have integrity, uh, a leader you can't trust, a leader whose word is not valid or binding on them, uh, a leader who's manipulative and, and deceptive uh, and, and, you know, looking out only for number one. Uh, so integrity is a, a critical uh, value for a leader. And I suspect the wealth chapter is uh, is the generosity chapter, which the word I, I just so appreciate here is greedlessness. I had never seen the word greedlessness before, <laughs> but there it is. Um, okay, so Rich, there's somebody listening right now, and they're saying to themselves, I want to be the kind of leader that Rich is describing I recognize that as a Christian, that's the kind of leader I'm supposed to be. I also know that everyone knows I'm not like that. I have not led like that. How do I stop acting the way I'm acting and start living like Rich is is helping me understand that I need to in order that I can be a values-driven leader from this point forward? Yeah, well, you know— um... Being a values-driven leader, one of the things that I, I say in the book is that unlike most leadership books, most leadership books give you new skill sets that you have to master. Uh, somebody's got a new formula, a new approach, uh, a new paradigm, and you have to learn it and practice it. The beautiful thing about values is they're accessible to anyone. If you're on a scale of 1 to 10, there are leaders who are 10s and 11s, and there are leaders who are 5s and 6s. And But it doesn't matter. You can be a level six leader, you know, six out of 10, and maybe you're an average leader, but you can be a person of integrity. That doesn't require any skill to master. You can be a person of humility. You can be a person of compassion and generosity and, and uh, perseverance and courage. Uh, those are values that you can embrace, and values are free. You could be the janitor in your organization and embrace those values, or you could be the CEO. So, now, you know, if you've been sucked into the corporate politics or the organizational politics of where you work and you've conducted yourself in ways that are not, you know, very flattering to your your faith, basically it requires kind of turning over a new leaf and, you know, spending more time with the Lord. Again, you, I go back to surrender. You, you've got to sur- surrender is a daily requirement almost. You know, you don't surrender once and it's over. You just have to be praying, Lord, not my will, but thy will, and I want to glorify you in this place where I work today. Uh, I want to be the person of character that will make you proud of me. And I want to be—I use 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God is making his appeal through us. So if you think of yourself as Christ's ambassador, every word out of your mouth, every action reflects on the character of Christ— it's a helpful way to remember, you know, who you're representing wherever you work. So listeners to this show uh, know those verses well, because we talk about representing Christ every single day and going uh, forward into uh, into the world that God so loves and doing so in ways that honor Jesus um, as representatives uh, of his king, of his kingdom and his kingdom principles. In the postscript to the book, Rich, you it's first of all, it's not very long, and I appreciate that. But I want people to get that character is revealed 
in times of crisis. It's not uh, crisis is not the time to decide what kind of leader we're going to be or what kind of character we're going to have. So talk with us a little bit about how some crisis has revealed that people who have been in positions of Christian leadership were not, in fact, operating that way. And so I, I just just help people through that you know, as we close this conversation. Well, yeah, I mean, I one of the reasons I wrote this book is I feel like our values have been under assault in, in this country. And, um, you know, you, you look at the Me Too movement uh, of the last few years and the, 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 the staggering level of sexual harassment in the workplace that has been revealed, and not just in Hollywood or corporations, but in, in churches and Christian ministries as well. And um, sadly, you look at the the discrediting and the fall of prominent Christian leaders and organizations, uh, and at the root of all of those things is is a crisis of values. It's it, it's people who have maybe gradually, maybe subtly, they've embraced the world's values of fame and success and power and money. Um, and those values have replaced the values of the kingdom in their in their leadership in their organization. And you know, the Lord uh, in Matthew gives this parable uh, about the wise man who built his house on the rock. And he says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, you know, so it's not just about hearing the words of the Lord; it's about putting them into practice. Is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. And then it talks about the leader that built his house on a foundation of sand, and that leader falls when the streams rise and the winds blow. And so as Christian leaders, if we build our house on the rock, uh, we will have storms in our life. The winds will blow, the seas will rise, but our leadership will stand if it's based on the values of God and, and, and Scripture, and uh, uh, and we're able to weather and endure crises when we stand like that with the Lord. Rich Stearns, most recently author of Lead Like It Matters to God, Values-Driven Leadership in a Success-Driven World. What a privilege to get to talk with you. I think the last time we talked, you were just about to you know, retire from World Vision, and we we just celebrated all of the experiences that you had had over time with that ministry and uh, just want to continue acknowledging your good and great service to the kingdom advancement in our generation and really appreciate you joining us today on Mornings with Carmen. Well, thanks so much, Carmen. You've been great and you've been great to me and to World Vision. Thank you. Well, it's wonderful to talk with you. Again, I've got books to give away, so go ahead and text the word book to 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. All right, again, um, lead like it matters to God. Lead in your own life like it matters to God. Lead in your family like it matters to God. Lead in this day in your community, in your church, in your interactions with other people like it matters to God. Um, We started off today just recognizing that um, even celebrations, something as simple as a Friday night fellowship or a Saturday run in the park, I mean, on and on and on, um, can turn in a moment uh, and so let's let's anticipate today, expecting the unexpected, um, anticipating God will not only show up, but in ways that will surprise and delight us, and that God will show up in ways that redeem when tragedy strikes. And so let's be people who are prepared today to 
not only walk by faith into the world that God so loves and do so under the shepherding guidance of Jesus Christ, but let us do so as people who are prepared to walk with others as they confront both the joys and the devastations that come along life's journey. I'm praying for you today. I certainly appreciate your praying for me. Um, Paul and I find it an absolute delight to bring you this program each and every morning. So thank you for your partnership in this ministry. You can find lots of resources to, um, to equip you more fully to represent Christ in the world today by visiting MyFaithRadio.com. We've got all kinds of ways there for you to even learn how to tell your own faith story in order that you would be more well-equipped to share that story with others um, who do not yet know the one we so love, whose name is Jesus. To his glory, have a great weekend, and God bless. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.